Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Thank you, sir. I am still in Las Vegas. Sorry about that. I was I was uh, in some conversations and doing some things. The uh, athletic director from San Diego State was the was a uh, uh, a conversation that I was wrapping up and trying to get get over to you guys. So I apologize. No need to apologize. I mean, is the athletic director at San Diego State giving any hints at all of a conference change? He is not. He is not. Of course not. Um, He's got to keep it close to the vest as opposed to the Pac-12 commissioner. It's funny you say that, right? Because that was one of the questions asked of Mark Emmert yesterday (sighs) about the collegiality of of what's going on with commissioners and and whatnot. And he said, yeah, it's not obviously in a great place because you know you, you're just kind of in this place where you never know what's going to happen so it's interesting um to watch some of those things kind of play out here because all five power five commissioners are are have been in attendance uh, over the last couple of days uh several athletic directors are here as well uh, as well as uh outgoing uh ncaa president mark emmer so it's been it's been a really interesting time at the Intercollegiate Athletics Forum. All right. Um, I have to ask you, I've never been around Greg Sankey. Uh, was, he, was he there? Yes. Okay, I've never been around Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. Uh, but I've always heard that he can be an impressive figure to talk to and to listen to. How did he come off to you? He, he, is, he has a quiet confidence about him. It, Greg Sankey, he commands a room for two reasons. Number one, People know who he is because of the, obviously the title he holds, but the way he enters a room, you have no choice but to notice him. But he doesn't come in and, and, and take control of the room. He allows that control of the room to come to him. He's very thoughtful. Uh, every time you ask him a question, you can see him process the information that you are asking him, and then he speaks with conviction. Uh, he speaks with a, a cadence of patience as well. And, and I think that's what makes him so effective is he never goes too fast or never loses track of anything. He's always under control. That's Greg Sankey, and that's why he's, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, he's sort of the unofficial commissioner of college football. Well, he, he was part of the four-man uh, group that put together the 12-team playoff, along with Bob Bowlesby, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, and Craig Thompson, the outgoing commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. Did he address any of that? Because it took some patience on his part to get here. He did. And, and one of the things they talked about was the fact that there were so many other models that were put in front of them. Yeah. And they had to really work through and finding the right answer for what made the most sense, whether it was based on scheduling, based on access. All of those things are a factor. And one of the things, and I want to make sure this is, this gets out there, so when I talked to uh, Bill Hancock before yeah. this football season, yeah. he mentioned that likely a, an expanded playoff would push them further into January because some of those December weekends, the NFL has moved games to Saturdays. And then obviously the holidays impact that as well. What we've seen today, I believe this is an official announcement. I, I, I know I saw it in some different places as reports that likely week zero is going to become the official week one, yes. which would allow a, a way to sort of help that schedule met itself out. So that's an interesting aspect of it as well. Yeah, I mentioned that on the show last week that it was possible that week zero would be week one. 
Uh, if you notice the uh, with the NFL on Saturdays, you notice the Dolphins Bills game was put, I think, on prime time on a Saturday night. It was flexed. Yeah. So the NFL continues to flex its muscles. But I think the idea is to still finish up on that second Monday in January, right? It is now. With, with the way they moved that schedule around, it absolutely is now. And so that's why part of the reason was to do that, was to get back to that spot. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of issues. Oh, I, go ahead. I have to tell you this. Yes. Because, obviously, Happy Valley. Uh, shout out to our guy, Brian Tripp. He was here yes. earlier this week. LeVar Arrington inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame. I know. I had a chance to see LeVar and Courtney Brown and Mac Morrison and Brandon Short in the same room. Uh, Tony Stewart, John Gilmore as well, and some other guys. Scott Shirley also. Uh, a lot of guys were in town. Wally Richardson, Coach Franklin was here, mm-hmm. Athletic Director Kraft. Nice little reception for LeVar. Right before that, Brian Tripp, I know, has put out a, a, a report on Twitter. Uh, I, I encourage people to go check that out. But it was really, really fun to see those guys back in the same room together, really reminiscing about those things. Yeah, yeah. Courtney Brown. I was down. I mean, I mean, I've spent a good part of the month in South Carolina because of the Charleston tournament and the Clemson game. Uh, Courtney Brown is so highly thought of down there. It's unreal. Mac Morrison out of Washington State, number 31. Not a bad player either along the way. Brandon Short, board of trustee. Of course, the tight ends. I mean, Tony Stewart was a heck of a tight end here, too, during the court. John Gilmore was a heck of a tight end here, too, during that. Stewart was with the Bengals, and Gilmore went to the Bears. Yes. I don't remember much, though, but you can fill in the blanks. What? And and, and you're – Penn State basketball is almost the state champs of South Carolina because also the opening season, the, the early season win against Winthrop yes. add in there as well. Yes. Uh, now we're going to see what they can do going to the Midwest. Uh, but we'll check that out later. Um, <laughs> do, uh, with NIL and with the transfer portal, what is the mm-hmm. read that you got from the power brokers in that room about – a, the stability of intercollegiate athletics, and B, the future of it? They all feel like there is a, a, the future is still bright. Now, the concern is what NIL looks like, and, and uh, Mark Emmert describes it as a, a sort of half-baked idea at this point, right? I think that was his quote. Uh, but by and large, the athletic directors and commissioners feel a lot more like it's going to stabilize itself. It's sort of very one-sided and heavy one way right now. And it'll kind of even itself back out, which is something you and I know have discussed about it as well, that we're not going to see some of these wide uh, margins between teammates in the, in the distant future, right in the long term. we're going to see those things kind of narrow down. And I think that'll tighten it up. And then one of the things that some student athletes have talked about is that the transfer portal with, with the transfer windows, with that portal, it has made it a little bit more difficult on them to make some decisions because their windows and timeframes to do it is a little bit tighter. But that's something I think that will met itself out as well. Yeah, I said that from day one. I said, look, there's going to be this big rush on NIL, big rush. I said, and then at some point it's going to settle down because part of this is if, and I'm not talking about um, collectives, 
So I'm not talking about collectives here. That's a different conversation. When it comes to the ability of an athlete working with a business, what does the business eventually want? They want return. So why right. was, and we'll use, and I, I, I'll use this example. You talk about South Carolina. Last year, the first three weeks of the season, maybe month, DJ Uyunglele was the television face of Dr. Pepper. And then, of course, the season started going, you know, it didn't go the way Clemson thought it would. Okay. They ended up, they ended up 10 and three, but they, you know, it, it didn't go the way they thought it would. And he wasn't the face of it any longer. Now, this year, Bryce Young has been. Uh, but that's uh, companies want return on their investment because that's just the way business works. I think you're, I think you, I don't know that I could have described it any better. It's an example I've used as well with, with DJU. And, and that ROI is always going to be the interesting piece of NIL because it's one thing that a local business pays a kid $25,000 or $10,000 or whatever the case may be. It is another when someone becomes the national face, uh, the face of a national brand, and they are making seven to eight figures, because trust me, at some point, somebody's going to get an eight-figure deal. They expect championships, Heisman trophies, and they don't expect interceptions and fumbles. Right. That's just the bottom line. And at right. some point, those things have to intersect the right way for a business to feel like they're getting the proper ROI. And to your point, Clemson, this is the first time Clemson has missed the playoff in back-to-back years since right. the playoff has been in place. And it happens right on the heels of the guy that's playing quarterback from them for them being the face of a national campaign making millions of dollars. There is a feeling, or at least an opinion out there, that the NCAA has been trending toward irrelevancy as time goes. Now, Mark, you mentioned Mark Emmert was there. Is that the general feeling in the room? You know, because obviously Mark Emmert's going to give you the feeling that the NCAA is relevant and powerful, like they've always been. Man. But what was the feeling in the room about the relevancy of the NCAA moving forward? Mark thinks it's relevant. the The transformation committee and people that buy into that concept think that that's going to make it more relevant again. There are people in the room that feel like the legislation and the way that they rule is not beneficial to college athletics, particularly college football. Let me give you my opinion on this, because I think that's a very interesting aspect. And, and, and what I've often said is, is this, Steve. For every commissioner or every athletic director that feels like the NCAA does not make sense and it's pointless and all those things, I am willing to personally ask them, then why haven't you rescinded your membership? Mm-hmm. Right. There is something there that they provide that you need, and you can't figure out how to do it on your own. And that's something that indirectly Mark Emmer said when he talked about having czars and all these different things. He goes, that sounds good, but it would be woefully ineffective, I think was his exact term. And the reason he talked about how, it, how and why it would be ineffective is because there are so many small intricacies that no one is thinking about. One of the other things that is forgotten in this the NCAA uses their revenue off of, yes, all of the other sports to take care of some of the things in football because the NCAA itself does not garner any revenue off of college football. That's right. That's right. But well, they govern college football. Right. The transfer portal, all of those things that goes through the NCAA, 
but they get nothing from the from college football from that standpoint. So if you go to that concept and you wipe away the NCAA, and I've said this for years, if you wipe away the NCAA, you are setting up even some of the haves to become have-nots. You look at some of the schools that, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to take shots at anybody, sure. but you look at some of the schools that talk heavily about their moral compass. Well, if the NCAA is not there, your moral compass you better throw it out the window because a whole lot of other schools are. And if you try to quote, do it the right way, you're probably going to get beat. Right. I, I used to, I used to tell the joke all the time. I can find one program that I know for sure had a long stretch of time where they never broke, not one single rule. Prairie View A&M lost more than a hundred games in a row. They couldn't have been breaking any rules. Yeah. Well, that's what I always, <laughs> that's why I always said about Billy Brewer and Ole Miss football. They get they they got caught put on probation. They won three games. They didn't even cheat right. All right, so yeah. I, <laughs> I, that was I mean, a long. SMU had but, SMU's death penalty oh, came because they had to meet payroll. Right? right, they told him to stop. Right, and he goes, "Well, look, I can't. I, I got to make payroll. I, I can't quit paying these guys." Okay, there are two things that the NCAA, to its credit, does extremely well. The conferences and schools really don't want to be involved in. And they and they, these are two areas they do well. One, and they do this an outstanding job of this one, running championships. Yep. Right. Takes a lot of work, a lot of legwork, a lot of organization to do it. The NCAA, to its credit, does a great job of running championships. And I think conferences and schools, good. I'm glad somebody's doing that. The other part is you do need some sort of. Uh, group that is running the rules part of it. And again, that's another element schools and conferences don't really want to be a part of, so they do it. Those are the two areas where I think there's a purpose to it. Absolutely. I mean, let's give a prime example, Steve. Who's the biggest pariah in most athletic departments? Whoever the compliance person is. Nobody wants to ever see the compliance person in any athletic department. They they just don't want to see that person, right? And so that, that speaks to what you were just talking about when it comes to the rules and, and regulations of college athletics. Well, I'm just glad you didn't say the play-by-play guy. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy you don't want to see. That guy. <laughs> oh, it's all good when his name is Stevie Jones. Uh, <laughs> you've gone through how many conferences now that we've talked to in the past month? Uh, what, have, what have you learned just a couple things that you never knew before after going through all these conferences. The one in New York with with Amazon there, now this. I mean, there's been like three or four of these. Give me a couple of items you've learned that you just never knew before. Uh, the main one I think I would say is everybody's guessing on what media rights are worth, right? This, there's no right. perfect formula to figure out how much money to ask for for these things. Nobody right. knows. They just sort of put numbers out there. And it's essentially whatever somebody is willing to pay. And I think that's very, very interesting because I remember when the UCLA-USC announcement came of them and their impending move to the Big Ten, mm-hmm. the first thing I thought was, what is what is the value? What, what are they worth to this TV deal? Yeah. And nobody really knows exactly what that answer is. Right. And so I think that's number one. And then number two, what I learned is there are a lot more people, and, and we talked about this, that, that have always been for NIL. And, and wanted it, that are saying, we got to figure out a way to get our arms around this thing because we don't know where it's going or how to control it. Right. 
those are the two two of the main things that have really stuck to me. And the number three, there is a lot of money moving around, but women's athletics, women's sports is really making a push and getting a lot of that money coming to them. And I think it's great for sports overall. Sir, always a pleasure. Appreciate your time and your insight as always, sir. Well, thank you, Steve. It is uh, always an opportunity to speak to Steve Jones. And uh, what I tell people all the time is I'm not afraid to get in a conversation because especially when Steve Jones is around, I know I'm going to learn something. (laughs) 